my soul. Feel, feel like I feel like Job. All see, see, listen, all see, listen, all Job, all Job, all Job had left was his testimony. Can I get a witness? Sometimes you make guys go so low. All you got left is a testimony. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Praise him. I'm trying to, I'm trying to help mature this flock. Don't look at God as Santa Claus. What you can get out of him. You got to go back to the Psalms and say, the Lord is. You got to stop right there. The Lord, the Lord is. Before he's your shepherd, your high tower, your refuge, your strength, the Lord is. That is, he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. We greet you in the precious, miraculous, exalted name of our Christ. To all our co-laborers in the gospel, all of our members, friends, to our visiting pastor, Pastor Peterson, we love you all. We thank God for you truly. God is an awesome God. Two, two, um, two quick words before I get started, and, and some of you were not here. We, we prayed, we kept silent for the horrific murders that happened in South Carolina, and we want to keep um, those families in prayer. Amen. And um, we want to uh, pray for the healing of our nation. We live in a sick society. And we're just praying that the Lord will, and he predicted this in the last hour, the last days, uh, the love of many will wax cold. And that's in Matthew 24. And so we are... Um, we just need to keep praying. Amen. Also, my second note is on a lighter uh, level. Now, <clears throat> LeBron James is a great player. No, he is. He's probably the greatest player in the NBA. But I, you know, I tried to tell you so. And y'all wouldn't listen. First of all, listen, listen to, no, listen to Pastor. You're going to learn something. The whole Golden State team is saved. They saved. I mean, listen. And, and Iguodala said, when I grow up, I want to be a Christian who walks just like Curry. The Christian life. And, 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 the, and the series was a microcosm of this, of this life. He may not come when you want him. But, but, he, but he was right on. I know I got some LeBron fans out there, but yeah, it's all right. It's all right. It's all right. That boy couldn't hit a shot in the second or third game. But boy, when they needed him, he loaded up, didn't he? Yeah, reminds me of myself. Anyway, moving right along. Yeah. Uh, no, no, that, that, that was a great series, and uh, I... Um, uh, I like having fun, so uh, 
It's all, all in fun, okay? All right. Uh, thank God for all of you. We love you. We thank God for you. And to all fathers, let's give them another hand clap. Come on. All fathers, thank you. Thank you. Happy, 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 happy Father's Day. And um, we place emphasis on the importance of fathers. I've been doing it for 28 years. Listen to me. Um, children that have no fathers or absence of fathers, they tailspin. They tailspin. 95% of those boys in greatest for prison didn't have fathers. That's why they're there. They, their gang was their family. Are y'all listening, Pastor? Boys, especially boys, need fathers. Yeah, and girls need fathers. We're going to deal with that. We, 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 we need, that is a figure from God to bring stability and authority and, and, and a model for life. Amen. And we thank God for our mentoring ministry, for, for the boys and girls that don't have fathers. We have a mentoring ministry here, and we just want to thank all of you. This morning, I'm in uh, Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, Luke chapter 15, and I want to thank God for my dad who impacted my life so much, and I thank God for him. Amen. Luke 15, and uh, when you get it, say amen. amen. Go to 22, verse 22 to 24, but the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found and they began to be merry. I want to speak for a few moments around the subject, a liberating love, a liberating love. Let me, let, me, let me throw this out before we get started. Men tend to be hard, and men tend to um, be hard to their children, especially their sons. And men tend to be unforgiving when God has forgiven you. Yeah. Um, our ego and society fuels this feeling that we have that we have to be hard with our kids. And uh, I'm, I want to challenge that this morning. I, I want to challenge the fact that maybe being hard is not the right formula. Maybe humbly submitting and liberating our children through love is the way we ought to go. 
Fathers are to be models of manhood to their sons. Let me, let me, let me, let me pause. The only model your son is going to see of a true man is you. Not Steve Harvey. Yeah. Not Jay-Z. Not some other rap artist or gangster. The true model of a man should be the father. And the father is a microcosm of what a true man looks like to your daughters. Now think about what I'm saying. As your daughters grow up and they watch their daddy, that ought to be the type of man they should desire to marry. Isn't that right? Yeah. Not somebody with their nappy hair showing and Boots untied, drawers hanging down, and you know, didn't didn't finish the eleventh grade, can't talk. That 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 is a bad model. Uh, for your daughters, and these fathers should be loving, and they should be liberating to their families for giving and they ought to be facilitating, they ought to be discipling, they ought to be developers of their children and godly fathers should exalt and exemplify our Christ in the home and yet be protective, be a provider, be a promoter to the children and to love their mother. Uh -huh in front of them. A caretaker, a coach, and a counselor, all that are, all that is kind of <clears throat> needed for a child to come out in a balanced fashion. Abraham was a father of promise and Abraham, through his faith, promoted his family. Can you imagine the the look on Isaac's face. And by the way, Isaac was about 30 years old when Abraham tried to sacrifice him. There's no indication he was a little boy. In fact, <clears throat> Isaac, according to the text, was carrying the wood. Okay. And he said, Father, what's going on? The wood is here. The, I see the knife. I see the fire. But where's the sacrifice? Abraham said, the Lord, Jehovah Jireh, he will provide a sacrifice. And then Isaac let the father tie him down. And then Abraham pulled back the knife to kill him. Remember that? Yeah. And, and, and see, all of that is a type of Christ because Jesus let the father put him on a cross. I wish I had a witness up in here. You don't, don't you ever think Jesus was compelled to go to the cross? Jesus said, no man takes my life. I'm giving my life. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to pick it up again. Didn't he say that? 
And, 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 and so child, 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 child of God, Abraham, the father of promise, showed and exemplified of faith to his son Isaac. And, 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 and then, of course, Jacob or Israel, uh, Israel is his, is his saved name after he wrestled with God and God threw his hip out of joint. He left him with a limp. Israel prepared 12 sons. Uh, and and, and it, it moves into a historical array of tribes. And, 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 but here in Luke 15, we see not so much a father of promise or preparation. We see a father, listen to this, of perseverance and passion. In this father of the prodigal, and this father's unnamed because whenever Jesus told a parable, Typically, they were not associated with names. They were true stories. A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. So there's something behind the parable that Jesus is teaching. And let me, let me throw something out I threw out this morning. I, I want you to look at purpose, percentage, and uh, a, a, amen, the passion. The, the purpose was Jesus is teaching on his unusual degree of love, mercy, and restoration to use this parable against the backdrops, backdrop of the Pharisees and Sadducees who were loveless. They had no love. They was cold. They were calculated. They had ritual. Uh, they had their own righteousness. So Jesus tells this parable to drive home, amen, the love of God. That's the purpose, but the percentages speak loud. And, and, and what, what are the percentages? Well, there's three lost things. There's a lost sheep, there's a lost coin, listen, this trilogy, and there's a lost son. Are you ready for the percentages? The Bible says that the shepherd, a shepherd, lost one sheep. And he, listen to the percentages, and he left. The 90 and 9 to go after the one. The sheep are considered to be property. I'm preaching already. He left 90 and 9 to go after the one. That means he was willing to risk the whole flock for 1%. We're doing percentages here. The woman lost the coin. She had 10 coins. And the critical analysis tells us in order to find the coin, she took a light. You can't find lost people without the light of Jesus Christ. Can I get a witness? She took a light and took a broom and swept the whole house. Looking for the one lost coin. She had 10. She lost one. She's got nine. Here's the percentage. 10%. 1% of property, 10% of property. We get to the last of the trilogy of these parables. It says, and a man had two sons. Which means he lost 50%. That the son, percentage-wise, was of greater value than the lost sheep and the lost coin. Are y'all preaching with me? Y'all, 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 y'all. Come on now, this thing is deep. So the value of finding the son was greater than the value of the shepherd finding the one sheep or the woman finding the one coin. 
Ah. Mm. But the passion. This father in this story represents God. Perseverance and passion. Oh, how patient God was to wait for Raymond Gordon. He sat back and blinked at all my mess and saved me. He didn't cut me down like some church folk would have done. He didn't talk about me on Facebook like some church folk would have done. He was merciful. He, yeah, he didn't, he didn't put me on Twitter. Yeah, he secretly sought me so he could save me. And he forgave all of my sins. My past, my present, and my future. I know some of y'all struggle with that because, uh, you know, yeah. let me tell you why you struggle with that because you don't understand theology. You, you don't understand that God either saves you all the way or he doesn't save you in any way. Can I get a witness? He, he saves you from the guttermost to the uttermost because the book of Jonah says salvation is of the Lord. We ain't got nothing to do with salvation. For by grace, love you don't deserve, or you save through faith. That faith is not yours. It's a gift of God, lest any man should try to boast. Jesus said, you didn't seek me. I sought you. Can I get a witness? Turn to your neighbor and say, he sought me. In all my sick sin. Check it out. We get to this story and we see this purpose, these percentages, and this unusual passion of this father. Hmm. He represents grace, mercy, full forgiveness. And there's three pictures we're going to bring up of this. Now, the focus is on the father. The son is a mess. As some folks say, he's a hot mess. But there's another son that stayed home. He's like church folk. Yeah. The Bible says that he stayed home. Now, I said it this morning. Now, I, wanna, I know we're on TV to hundreds of thousands, not millions of people. I'm, I'm not telling you to do this, but... You know, sometimes I look at church folk and I wish y'all had of gone out into the world and got that stuff out of your system because you've sat in church so long, you think you're sinless. You, you can't even see. You know, I'm preaching up in this place. You think you all at the bag of chips. You, hey, you ain't, ain't nothing in your closet. You've never done anything. Can I get a witness? Child, child of God, the brother that stayed home, he was full of more hell than the brother that went out. He was cold. He was calculated. He was self-righteous. He was bitter. He was angry. He was upset. And he said to his father, this your son. He ain't my brother. That's the way church folk are. We got folks sitting up in every church. Can I get a witness? 
Yeah, you sitting around here like you all that. You ain't all that. If walls could speak, if closets would open up, we learn a lot more up in this place. I keep telling y'all, y'all, some of y'all look familiar. I seen you somewhere, and it wasn't in Christ. Can I get a witness? And, and see, you keep forgetting that the Bible says, for all have sinned and fallen shut of the glory of God, and there's none righteous, no, not one. So the brother that stayed home, he was just full of hell. Bitter, angry, whole lot of attitudes, moods, but he was in church every Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's in the pulpit. He's on the deacon board. He was in the ministry. Yeah, we ain't preaching on him, though, but we preaching on that one that went on out there. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, I'm glad I got my stuff out. All right, praise the name of Jesus. Now we can preach this thing. <laughs> Here's the first thing we're going to look at. We see a father of wisdom. Of wisdom. What, what, what is the wisdom? Well, let's go back to verse 10 because that's where the story starts. Likewise, uh, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that what? Jesus is talking and he's saying that when one sinner repents, repents, metanoia, change your mind, your direction, when one sinner turns around and goes in the opposite directions, the angels start a praise service in glory. Amen. Now here's the question this morning. Has any angel shouted over you? Don't answer. Look at this. And, and here we go. Look, look at the text. Look at the text. Look at the text. When you look at verse 11, and he said, a certain man, no name, had two sons, 50%. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that, look at this word, falleth to me. Now, Anybody know anything about Jewish history knows that the oldest son, if there's two sons, he gets two-thirds, and the youngest son gets one-third. For this younger son to come to the father while the father was living was essentially telling the father, I wish you were dead. He's disrespectful. He's messed up. Give me what belongs to me. And the wisdom of the father is the father was able to let him go. Sometimes we hold on to the wrong things at the wrong time. I'm going to come back to that. I'm a parent. I hold on too. We all hold on. But I want you to see this story. Three things are going to take place here in this, this first point. This, uh, first, there's, there's, there's an independence that's not ideal 
and then there's an interference that's not anticipated, and then there's in, an inescapable result that's acted upon. First, look at the independence, which is not idea, verses 11 to 16. Uh, now, 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 please hang in there with me. The younger gets his goods, and he, the father divides them up. Amen. Gives him what's his, and not many days. Stop! Turn to your neighbor and say, it doesn't take long. The downward spiral of defiance, the downward spiral of sin will not take long. See, what the son was saying, I want to be my own master. I'm tired of your rules. I'm tired of your house. I'm tired of you. And when children go there, sometimes they will go there, Wisdom says, let him go. Why? Because God's got a providence. Lord have mercy. Hey, James Brown called the big payback. Every time I see a grandparent in the congregation, I smile because when you become a grandparent, it's called the big payback. Now you're looking at your daughter and son that knew everything, and you're saying, yeah, and you know, grandmom loves them, grandpa loves them, but they ain't spending the night over here. You had them, you take care of them. Now, now, now you're going to learn what it's like in which we had to go through with you. Do I have a witness? That, 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 that child of God, this boy's lack of wisdom made him want to be independent, disrespectful, defiant, amen, shaking off of God's controls, shaking off of his father's commitments. This son's strategy was let me do my own thing. My God. I was telling folk this morning, Teenagers and young adults will tell you, well, you know, my friends, my friends, let me tell you something about your friends. Your mother and father will be faithful for life. Your friends won't. You move in with them and eat enough of that food. Yeah, yeah, come on now, you can talk back to me. I watched the best of friends fall out when they start living together. Do I have a witness? One of my best friends, I got out of the military, bought me a house, and uh, something happened to him. He, he said, listen, man, my apartment messed up. Can I move in about six months? He's my best friend. We're good. I said, sure. Worst mistake in my life. And dishes was in my sink at night. I wasn't raised like that. You know, he smoked, and I, you know, I, I mean, we both smoked, but he smoked. <laughs> I'm talking about chim chimney. <laughs> I can't fool with this guy. This got to get cigarette butts all around my house and clothes on. I said, no, our friendship took a break. Are y'all praying with me? Some of y'all moved in college dorms with people and you was only in there three weeks. You were trying to get out. That the fact of the matter is this boy wants to be independent. He's disrespectful. Give me what belongs to me. And the wisdom of the father is to let him go.
let him go because circumstances are going to beat him up. Can I get a witness? <laughs> I said something this morning I'm going to say to you. Never burn bridges. Never, ever, ever burn bridges. You might have to recross the territory. Are y'all praying with me? Every job I left, and, and I may not even like the director, I was very respectful going out the door. Yes, sir. Thank you, sir, for the opportunity, because you don't know. You, you might need that signature on something. Are y'all praying with me? You, you don't burn bridges. You don't go out the door bitter and angry and character assassinating and talking about me. Oh, you better watch out. You leave a job, leave it respectful. Thank you for the opportunity. I appreciate it. I'm a teach. Folk get ignorant. You know what you can do for me? You're doing all that, and then you go to your next job, and they say, okay, we want references from seven years back. <laughs> now, Greg, you hear what I'm talking about, right? Now you got to come back in to somebody you done cussed out and hope that they lie for you. See, the world said what goes around. I'm preaching up in this place. Come back around. That too, baby. He moves from independence to unanticipated interference. Look at verse 13. And not many days after... The younger son gathered all together, took his journey into a far country. Now, when we see the word far, we automatically think of distance. Metaphorically, it's far from God. Sodom and Gomorrah was far from God. Yeah. That he moved to a far country and there wasted his substance with what? Right. Now, now we can relate. I, I was telling this morning, I, I spent seven years in the military from 68 to 74. You know how much money I wasted? Thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on riotous living. Amen. Buying clothes, setting bars up. Set up the bar. Big time. If I had the money now that I've wasted, and if I had properly invested, I'd be a millionaire. I've wasted money. I mean, on foolishness. And, and when you, see, the book of Proverbs says, a fool and his money will soon depart. When you don't have discernment of God, you, you get foolish. You get foolish. Mm. The interference is this young man never anticipated that circumstances would turn against him. Mm. 
Look what it says real quick. He spent all, rose, <coughs> verse 14, and when he had spent all, notice, he spent all. There arose a mighty famine in the land. Now, now who controls the famine? God. Isn't that right? A, a mighty famine in the land, and he began to be in what? Want! Now, now, now understand what's going on here. He moves from independence to interference, from interference to an inescapable result. He spends all, and the third step here is that he's on a downward spiral. Wasting his substance in riotous living. Mm. Living in filth, debauchery, a self-centered success story, uh, a life of trouble, a life of depression, a life of dysfunction, a life of being depraved. How many times I've witnessed people who had millions and millions and millions of dollars and are now living in soup kitchens. But what happened? Foolishness. See, the lie is that you're always going to have money. That's the lie. And we believe the lie. We eat the lie up. Yeah, yes we do. Yes we do. Never think about, you know, the future. Never think about, well, what happens if something unexpected comes up and takes all my money? Yeah, you, we, we, don't, we don't consider those things when we're living foolishly in sin. We really don't. We don't tithe. So we think the money belongs to us. It's my money. And, 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 and I'm slowing up because in, in my own 40 years of living, I, I have made some stupid, terrible mistakes. Not only with money, with people, with things, and child of God, let me tell you something. As you get older, you start kind of retracing your steps. Don't, don't we retrace our steps? And, 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 and if we could get in a time machine, we would go back and do it differently. Can I get a witness? Well, how, how many of y'all can understand what I'm saying? We go back and do it differently. I, you know, if I had to do it all over, no, I'd do another way. I, I'd go another way. I'd think another way. I'd be another way. Come on now. The problem is we can't, we can't go back. Chalk it up to experience. So it behooves me to take all my stupid mistakes and try to get somebody younger to listen. Are y'all getting this? You need to listen to me. I've pastored 28 years. I know something about pastoring. I know, 
I know something about growing a church. I know something about fiduciary responsibility. I know something about leading and motivating people. I don't know everything, but I do know something. And, and, and so what we need to do is understand this boy's downward spiral, but even in the downward spiral, the Spirit of God is having the last say-so. See, that's, that's, that's the shock material of Jesus Christ. I, I'm praising him because he always has the last say-so. Can I get a witness? Satan might work it in, but God will work it out. Won't he work it out? God, God, God will do supernaturally, abundantly, above, super, look, these are superlatives, all that we ask or think. When you're at a loss, God's not at a loss. When you're at the end of your rope, God's not at the end of his rope. In fact, it was God that probably tied the knot. Can I get a witness? Man's extremity is God's opportunity. So when we come to the end of our proverbial roads, when we start hitting roadblocks, here's what God wants us to do. Jesus wants us to say, okay, Lord, you're on. I'm out. Can I get a witness? He will pick up what you can continue to do. So he can get all the praise and all the glory and all the honor and all the adoration. Anytime he can let Joseph go in a pit and then put him in a palace by way of prison and Potiphar's wife, you know that's a God that can work it out. Whenever God can let Daniel go in a lion's den and give the lions lockjaw, you know that's a God that can work it out. Whenever God lets Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego go into a fiery furnace and snatch out the heat, you know that's a God that can work it out. Uh, here's verse 17. And when... He came to what? Himself. Now, now let's stop. <laughs> Trouble will bring you to yourself. Won't it? Tr trouble, trouble has a way of waking us up. You know, you all cocky, nobody can tell you nothing. You know it all, you got it all, you're, you're, you're defiant, yeah. And God, God says, oh, I've seen this one before. I just added a little trouble. You know, trouble will trouble make you pray. Trouble will make you fast. Trouble will make you change friends. Trouble will make you come to church. Trouble will make you come to Bible study. I mean, you come to Bible study with a big Bible. You can tell when folk in trouble, they coming to church like this. Look, you, the big Bible, Doc, you, can I get a witness? Trouble, trouble, trouble. Trouble will make you give more than a dollar every Sunday, too. Come on now, trouble, trouble, trouble. He came to him. Self. Let me let me let me let me let me pause because you know I like having fun, I like laughing. I thank God for those moments 
that were serious and God allowed a moment of laughter. I thank God for that. Out in Rolling Green, when my mother's casket was being lowered, and me and all my siblings, my brothers, my sister, we sitting there, we just sitting there crying, and I reached in my pocket, and my cell phone dropped out into the, into the grave, and the casket is coming down. So my oldest brother around, and he said, you know she's going to call you tonight. <laughs> that, that, that was a moment. I needed that moment. How, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? I, well, I, I, I needed that moment. Now, I'm going to tell you the other part of that story, Sister Gordon knows, and I'm embarrassed. My dad is grieving. I said, Dad, do me a favor. It was snowing. I said, can you take me back out to the graveyard so I can get my phone? Because the next day I was traveling to a Congress trip, and my dad, he'll do anything to work for me. He said, all right, come on. And we all in the car, and it's snowing, and I got a shovel out there. I'm, I'm actually digging in the grave looking for my cell phone. And I couldn't find it, so Sister Gordon said, you got to be kidding me. Your dad is grieving, your mother is buried, and you worry about a cell phone. The moral of that story is, I had to go to Verizon to get another phone. Totally embarrassed. But we need those moments of laughter in the midst of all the stuff that hits us. I, I know you, you know what I'm talking about. You have a moment that you were serious, getting ready to go under, and God allowed something to happen just to cause you to laugh. And laughter's like medicine. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? You just, 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 just laugh. Just just laugh, just laugh, just laugh. And if you have nothing to laugh at, go home and look in the mirror. Just laugh. Thank you, Jesus, for the laugh. As, as, as much trouble as we're in, as, as bad as some of us are doing, as depressed as some of us get, just learn to laugh. Why? Because trouble doesn't last always. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy will come in the morning. If you're on this faith clock, you know that God is not going to leave you there. God is not going to let you stay there. God is not going to let you be sad too long because his name is on the line. Can I get a witness? And in the name of Jesus... I'm preaching up in this place. God's going to send relief. God's going to send restoration. God's going to renew your spirit. God's going to have you run. God's going to have you shout. God's going to have you thank him because that's the kind of God we serve. Somebody said he's able. He's able to do far exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think. He's able. And every time I get low, he starts pulling me up. Every time I feel like getting out, he pulls me back in. Can I get a witness? I'm, 
I'm preaching to somebody up in here today. You've been going through hell. You, you've been in a, in, 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 involved in something heavy. You don't know when or where God is going to come, but I dare you to just hold on and hold out. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy, 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 and they that wait upon the Lord, he shall renew your strength, say, help is on the way. I'm coming in, I'm coming in, I'm coming in. I'm coming in. We see the Father's wisdom letting go, but then we see the Father's warmth of liberating him. Well, wait a minute. The son, verse 17, has wasted all his stuff. And, yeah, his waste has returned his sanity. Uh-huh. His hurts begin to help him. His defiance begins to deliver him. He remembered the restful riches of his father's house. Do I have a witness? His stomach starts summoning him to start back home. You get hungry enough, you'll get holy in a minute. Can I get a witness? Child of God, I'm, I'm thankful that God is a loving God. And this boy was on his way home, and look what the text says, he was rehearsing his repentance can i get a witness look <laughs> look what he says in verse 17 and when he came to himself he said how many hired servants of my fathers have bread enough and to spare and i'm perishing with hunger now 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 this is a jewish story now wait a minute this is a jewish story this boy is eating with the pigs the swine i i, I need to drive this home I need to drive this home. This boy at home was eating lamb, prime rib, kosher meat. But when he started going down, he started eating pig feet, chillings. Can I get a witness? Help me, Holy Ghost. Cholesterol food, high blood pressure food. Can I get a witness? He, he started a dining with the swine. And wait a minute, metaphorically, when you leave God, not only are you going down, but your diet will change. Your dependence will change. Your direction will change. Lord Jesus. Lord Jesus, hold up. Hold up. Hold up. Now, you know, I, li listen, I can cook. I can cook. I didn't get like this eating lettuce. I can cook. I cook good, Doc. But boy, ain't nothing like fried chicken and lard. Back there in the 50s, mom put that big cloak of lard. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Lard. L-A-R-D. Lard. How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? The lard. You put that thing up. Lord, in that deep black frying pan. Let that thing melt and drop that chicken. Ain't nothing like it, Doc. You start eating and speaking in tongues, isn't that right? 
that, 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 that chicken will make you do something up in there. But you know, y'all, and I understand, it ain't healthy, I understand. But you know, you, you got vegetable oil, corn oil, it ain't the same. It ain't the same. Can I get a witness? But child of God, I want you to, yeah, in fact, when the, when the chicken is on your plate, that chicken starts talking to you. Cooking greens, ham hocks, neck bones. Now y'all using turkey butts and all that stuff. It ain't the same. It ain't the same. Food ain't screaming at you no more. Macaroni and cheese, carnation can milk. Can I, uh, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? That stuff would knock you off your plate. Don't get me started up in here. In fact, where's Delilah? Let me tell her. Look, 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 look at this, look at this, look at this. This boy, he came to his senses. And here's what he rehearsed as his repentance in verse 18. I will arise and go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I'm no more worthy, verse 19, to be called your son. Just make me one of your hired servants. And the Bible says, and he arose and came to his father, but he was returning out of hurt, but the father was meeting him out of hope. But the father got up. The father was looking for him. You know, God just looks for us. Every time we get in trouble to God, our God looks for us. And the Bible says the Father saw him. We, we see the Father's wisdom of letting him go. We see the Father's, yeah, uh -huh, uh, warmth of liberating the boy. But then we see the Father's worship. The Father said to his servants, verse 22, bring forth. The best robe. Now, here's my challenge to the father. Stop trying to be hard. Liberate your children through love. Okay, I understand. Your dad was hard on you, but liberate them through love. Yeah. Being a man is not being hard. Being a man is the ability to love. If a man can't love his wife, he don't love himself sacrificially love your wives as Christ loved the church. I'm talking to the men out here. Can I get a witness? In, yeah. Child, child of God, I want you to see this as I close. The Father wants to rejoice in grace, gifts, and glory. Look at this. Bring the best robe. The robe speaks of justification and righteousness. It's for honored guests. In other words, clothe him in something different. We are clothed in the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Y'all keep looking up at me when I'm saying, I'm saying in my position, I'm sinless. In my position, I'm just as sinless as Jesus Christ. There's no sin in my life. Can I get away? You know why? Because my position is in him. 
And when I died, Lord have me, I mean, when he died, he transferred his righteousness to my account. It's called imputation. He imputed to me his righteousness. So right now, I got the righteousness of Jesus Christ. I'm clothed. I'm justified. Just as if I'd never sinned. Do I have a witness? So, hey, hey, you say, well, you ain't nothing but a dirty sinner. Yeah, in my state, I'm a dirty sinner. But in my position, I'm just like him. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Amen. And child of God, then he said, pull out the ring and put it on his hand. It's a new position of sonship. You're my son, not my servant. Uh-huh. And then put can- sandals on his feet. Slaves got their feet cut up because they had no sandals. And sandals speak of full restoration, forgiveness, and fellowship with God. And then kill that fatted calf. We ought to have a celebration. Can I get a witness? See, the father says, I'm doing all this because of verse 24. For this, my son was dead. <laughs> uh, excuse me, let me just stop on the word dead. Because Paul picked that thing up in Ephesians 2, 1 and said, and you were dead in trespasses and sins. Didn't he say that? You were disobedient, you were depraved. Come on now, can I get a witness? You, you, were, you, you were hell brown, but God. Didn't he say, but God, but, but, but. Who's rich in mercy? My son was dead and is alive again. He was lost. Now he's found. And they began to be merry. What a conclusion. A love, a perseverance, a passion for restoration. Yeah. And, and, and here's what we got to understand. When we look at our offspring and think of all the bad that they do and they've done, let's, let's stop and think about the bad that we've done. Before you, oh, before you cast a toothpick, out of my eye. Get the two by four that's in your eye. Do I have a witness? And, and I'm talking to the fathers. Now, some of y'all fathers are angry with some of your children. Yeah, you ain't got to say amen. Look, look at the clock. You're bitter. You haven't reconciled. Yeah, yeah. I ain't getting an amen yet. Let me, ain't no grave up here. Let me take my cell phone out. In the name of Jesus. You won't reconcile, you won't submit and commit, you won't get humble and say, son, I forgive you, I release you, I love you. You can't do it because pride has pulled up in your midst. But we need to leave this sanctuary and we need to release and we need to reward and we we need to rejoice and we need to be about our father's business can i get a witness because if you have bitter envying in your heart the lord is not in that picture can i get a witness i'm preaching to somebody somebody in here is still bitter somebody in here is still angry somebody in here is still upset and who in the world do you think you are 
Because God forgave you for everything. He forgave all the mess. Can I get a witness? He forgave all the mess that we were in. He released you and then he had a nerve to reward you. He had a nerve to clothe you. He had a nerve to bless you. He had a nerve to hear you. He had a nerve, amen, to protect you. It's called a liberating love. Everybody can't do it. It's called a liberating love. I want to liberate somebody through love. Somebody don't deserve it. Somebody full of hell. Somebody that's messed up. I want to liberate them through love. Because that's what Jesus did. When he was on that cross and said, Father, forgive them for they, they know not what they do. I, I, I wish I had a preacher up here on that. What, what do you think Jesus meant when he said they do not know what they do? They, they don't know that they got to stand before me in judgment. They don't know that I'm the Lord of Saboeth. They don't know that I'm the Alpha and the Omega. They, they don't know that all power's in my hands. They don't know that everybody in the grave is going to stand before me. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. All fathers, stand on your feet. I want you to liberate your wives and your children by love. Liberate them through love. Love will cover a multitude of sins. Liberate them through love. And when you liberate them through love, they'll be released from what we continually hold over them. Our expectations, many of them are not from God. Liberate your children. Feel sorry for them. Empathize with them. Help them out. Don't just see the error of their ways, but give them some alternative to get it right. Fathers, let's be a little more loving and we will liberate our families. Let's all stay on our feet. As every head is bowed, your eyes closed. If you're here this morning, you need to be saved. Jesus Christ is God. He's Lord. He's God's Son. He's the Son of God. And He died for all your sins, suffered on Calvary's cross, was crucified, dead, buried, rose again with all power in His hands, according to the Scriptures, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. If you are here this morning and you want to be saved, just raise your hand. Jesus said, If you be ashamed of me, I'll be ashamed of you. Just raise your hand. And say, I, I see your hands. Pastor, I want to give my life to Christ. Just raise your hands. You don't want to go to hell. You want to give Jesus your life. He will start something new this morning. Or perhaps you want to join the church in your Christian experience. Raise your hand. We'd love to have you here. We'd love to have you. If your hands are raised, come up front, please. Come on. Amen. Come on. Church, say amen. Yeah. Praise the Lord. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Come on, darling. Come on. 
Come on, come on, baby. Come on, come on. Come on. Please. That's it. One in the back. Come on. Come on. Praise Jesus. We preach truth here. Truth transforms. Hallelujah. God bless you. Thank you. Such a beautiful family. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Nice to have man. Come on. I got some more. Come on. Come on down here. Praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Hey, my brother. Bless. Come on. Stand right here, brother. Praise the Lord. Thank you, man. Thank you. Is there another? Come on. Now, now, now my Bible says over one soul, angels are shouting in heaven. Is there another? Is there another? Step out. Is there another? We're going to ask that you would follow the ministers in the back. They will lead you to Christ. Thank you so much. You look good, man. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Thank you, my brother. Thank you, man. Church, say amen. amen. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. Remain standing. Father, in the name of Jesus, we transition into the Lord's Supper. We come confessing our sins, that we have sinned. We are wrong and you are right. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Correct our thinking and actions. Change our walk. Change our talk. And God, in the precious name of Jesus, we thank you for this memorial on the night in which you were betrayed, you took bread and broke it and said, take it, this is my body. You passed wine and said, drink, this is the blood of the new covenant, which has been sacrificed for you. As often as you do this, you show remembrance of me till I come. So Father, even now, as we partake of these symbolic elements of bread and representative symbolic wine, we, Lord God, we memorialize your death, burial, and resurrection. We exalt you as Savior and Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray, amen. You may be seated, please, on the side, grab the basket.